0: Welcome to the Before Midnight podcast coming to you from the N Plus One Studios overlooking beautiful downtown Frankfurt. In this podcast we explore the world of age group triathletes where we looking at the real world challenges of being an amateur multi-sport athlete. I'm your host Linda Word along with my co-host Brian Schenkenfelder. How's it going on this beautiful day there Brian? How's Labor Day today isn't it?
1: Yeah I'm doing pretty good. It was a rough weekend for my teams man. We went to a uh... St. X football on Friday, which was my high school. I took my son, one of my friends I hadn't met in a while. Uh-huh. Took my son. We went to the football game. It was. Uh, he didn't seem to enjoy it because my my friend has his youngest son and is about a year older than Alex, so they kind of hung out a little bit. And mm-hmm. he had a couple friends, and we we went to the game. And my team got down early. They came back and then lost in like the last minute. They came oh. up short trying to score.
0: That's painful. <laughs> yeah, that oh. was pretty painful.
1: We went out to eat. It was a good time, though. We had a, we had a, Alex really enjoyed. It. He's willing to go back to the football game, although it was a little long for him I was find though. football pretty long myself. And so last night, a Florida State fan, they took Notre Dame to overtime, and Aww. they were you know eight or nine point underdogs in that game, and really came back from 18 down, tied it up, got to overtime, and then
0: yeah. oh, that's painful.
1: Yeah, it was a tough time for my, but that's okay because do you know what all
0: this means? What does this mean?
1: Football is back. Yes. <laughs> yes. I can watch football again. It's great because we had both TVs on over the weekend. We were watching football. It was great. It was good for good for that to be back.
0: Well, I'm glad Alex is enjoying watching it too because I know that would be heartbreaking if he didn't.
1: Well, his team lost because he's a Clemson
0: football. Yeah, but I mean, at least he likes watching it though.
1: He does like what? He does kind of like watching it. He'll He kind of tunes in and out. Mm-hmm. he'll have his tablet on and watch you and kind of watch the game a little go to you. he's usually there for the yeah. parts of the game where exciting things happen, But a lot yeah. of times he plays and turn around and be like wait what just happened <laughs> <laughs> you gotta watch the whole game it's a it's a little long for his attention i think yeah usually, because there's-
0: yeah that's that's kind of long like i can barely sit through a two-hour movie i can't imagine sitting through a three-hour football game sorry <laughs> Oh no, it's. Yeah, that's why I don't watch, watch football. football. Yeah,
1: he will, he'll watch for a little bit and then he kind of zones out and he'll come back and a little. I guess it depends on the game. Yeah. The last Super Bowl he. Well, that's good. The 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 like the Clemson Georgia game was very exciting like three, which is pretty low scoring. For oh him. yeah. The college. Football.
0: Yeah. Huh.
1: He said he, didn't, he got bored, but that one did something. else, even though it was his favorite team, favorite college, which is why is that
0: his favorite college team?
1: Because they're because they're orange. Okay. And they're good. I mean, yeah. they're they won two championship, top five team. Makes me sad because. It happens <laughs> well, anyway.
0: he's smart. You know, he goes for the ones that win and wear orange.
1: Yeah, he's very much. Uh, he likes the team, which that makes sense. What fun is it to follow a team that all the time? <laughs> yeah. Gets yeah, a little depressing after joy. a while. It's, it's much better when your team wins 80, percent of the time because when you watch, their chances of winning are really high, and that's a lot of fun.
0: What's the baseball movie where they were, like, so bad? Major League. Yes, there we go.
1: That was a great That was a great movie. That's my favorite awesome. line is with the guy sitting in the outfield and he's like he the ball gets hit and he's like, It's too high, it's too high and it like flies over their head <laughs> the guys like look at him like and the guy goes, No, it's the angle, the angle. It's <laughs> <I was> like <laughs> You're an idiot, dude. It went like over our heads, the home run. <laughs> he was like, It's too
0: high, it's not gonna get out. <laughs> oh my god.
1: Some good stuff. That was a that was a pretty funny movie. The second one was t- the first one. Was oh yeah, the
0: second one was horrible. The first one was great though.
1: First one was yeah. was pretty funny. The winners is always a fun story, especially yes. when it's a comedy.
0: Yes, yeah, no, that was a good one. What's going on in the world? Wonderful world of soccer for you guys.
1: We played a game on Sunday. Alex was the goalkeeper the whole time because used the starting goalkeeper he was out for the holiday weekend. Oh, he did okay. He let in some goals. He did okay. It's a work in progress goalie. Mm-hmm. Is. I was a little disappointed because I was kind of hoping to watch him. It's a back. He's gotten good at it. We, we talked about a couple things to improve on it. And I was kind of hoping to see mm-hmm. what that would look like in a game. Instead, he played.
0: I was on <laughs> recess duty accidentally the other day and uh, when he was out there. And, <laughs> it's amazing to watch those kids on the playground, just saying, because got about 15 kids, all different levels. Nobody's playing it, you know, with a, a few. You know, your son and a couple of his teammates also playing the same game with younger kids and kids that don't know how to play. And then there's girls just kind of walking through and frisbees flying and they never collided. I mean, it's just amazing to watch. I mean, I keep on going, oh, my God, I'm going to be filling out accident reports out the wazoo when these kids crash. But they are so aware of where they are and who's around them. It's really remarkable to watch. I
1: thought Alex said he wasn't going to play anymore. Too many kids and people in the way and stealing the ball.
0: Well, that's exactly what was going on (laughs) (laughs) for the and they've that blacktop area. You know, it's pretty long area. Well, they've but it's pretty small too. But they've turned it so that the goals are on the short side, so they really don't have very much room. So that uh, because there's so many kids out there, they've got to keep the soccer game a little bit smaller. And uh, so it kept on bleeding over into the basketball and the frisbee and stuff. But it, it was just wild to watch how good they all were. I mean, even the kids that weren't very good at soccer, that nobody crashed. Yeah. And, you know, they they, you know, the kids that were spacing out, that were walking through the middle of the game. Da 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 da. No, nope, no problems. It was wild. <laughs> I was impressed. I, your son though, I was like, he missed like three goals. I'm like, all right, I got to tell your dad, you got to work on your. <laughs> Get he thing.
1: gets real sloppy at times especially yeah. when he's not focused it makes a lot of bad touches you'll see it when he, they do kind of their drills and stuff mm-hmm. drives me nuts he knows how to execute he's just he does he loses focus yeah sometimes it's just a mistake mistakes happen I get that yeah sometimes you could just but tell that's and it's just like, like
0: okay you were off by maybe four inches you know I mean that was such a that should have gone in you know if you had paid just a Tiny bit more attention. That's no big deal. I mean, they just don't I mean, that's, having
1: fun. That's what kids do. They it, It's <laughs> it's just interesting to watch them do drills. When I'm not coaching and you can kind of st- sit and watch it from afar, mm-hmm. when you're coaching, you're close and you don't see everything you see when you're way off the field because you can kind of watch from a distance a little bit more. And you guys, all these kids that are pretty good, but they just, just lose focus. They get sloppy. They send it all over the place. Mm-hmm. It's got to be frustrating for the coach because it's frustrating for me because it's like, guys, if you all could just focus a little bit and concentrate and, and make these touches good, you will get so much better, so much quicker. I guess that's what kids do, though. That's
0: Yeah, I mean, it's what kids do. They'll get there. They will get there. <laughs> We had our uh, first cross-country meet, and that was kind of fun because I haven't been able to do any practices, so I've had the kids kind of practicing on their own, and it was interesting. <laughs> this one kid... He's running down the hill. I'm like, go, go, go! He turns, look, big, huge smile. I think he was talking to people the entire time that he was running. One kid learned my lesson. Told him they were doing chip timing now, so I said, "You've got to run over the blue mat at the finish." This little boy's in first grade. <clears throat> Forgot to tell me he had to stop after the blue mat, <laughs> he apparently kept on running for a ways until somebody caught him, I told him he could stop running. It's like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> things you forget you need to tell a 6 year
1: Yeah, well, the nice thing about cross-country is until you practice for any length of time, there's really not much you can do as a coach. No, nope. Because it takes a month or two to build any fitness. Right. Those first two months, I, I don't understand why they have meets other than, I guess, for the kids who are older and have been running for a while to sharpen up for big races at the end of the year.
0: Yeah. I mean, these are just, you know, we're just going to fun meets. This is, we're not being, you know, these are not the big Saturday meets or anything like that. This is just the county stuff. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, I'm very disappointed that I cannot do it the way it should be done. But the kids are happy. The parents are happy. They're getting to run a little bit. You know, we did a practice today and I, had, I think I had four kids show up out yeah. of the 14 that are on the team. I mean, it's Labor Day. I get it. Yeah. You know, just giving especially them in the early part
1: of the day. We're supposed to have soccer practice tonight. Mm-hmm. You'll get a lot more kids for a night practice during the day. Especially yeah. if people are out of town cuz they'll come back this afternoon if right. they're out for something. I mean it was
0: just I mean it's running and it's sort of okay have them have them run at home, but I wanted to be able to get them out on the course so that I could talk to them a little bit about the strategy on it just cuz it is a tough course. But yeah. yeah. It was fun. Anyway. All right. Well, we were going to talk a little bit about races today and kind of how to sort of evaluate what our races have looked like and the things that we would like to put or like to try to change or fix or not have happen again.
1: Yeah, we talked about, I guess I I was doing the mojo last week, and we talked about kind of what happened in the race. But what we really have never really talked about is how do you evaluate a race after the fact? That's something we've not really talked about. It's like, okay, we've raced, some good things happened, some things happened that Negatively affected our time. What do we, how do we evaluate a race? Generally, I will break it into categories like you do for the race. You've got the pre race. What happened? Did I get everything set up properly for the race? Did I have enough time to get everything set up and mm-hmm. do all the things I want to do before a race? If not, why? And are those things Something that could have been foreseen and checklisted for future races? Or is it just stuff that's just out of your control? Right. Like in this race, the guy telling me I had to put bar in the back (laughs) of my TT Oh, by the way,
0: I do have those on mine. I have caps on mine.
1: You had caps on them? Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Mm-hmm. We could have found you a set of caps.
1: Well, there's... I actually sawed them down, so the caps that come with them didn't don't fit on any uh, uh I had to shorten. I mean, that's what you do a lot of times with oh, bars. You sh- that's for right. me, I wanted to shorten them so they didn't stick out. Right, like those bars have like a zero chance of causing me any damage I, whatsoever if I wreck. Unlike maybe the bullhorn one, but that was something that I really couldn't have anticipated. There's really not a lot I could have done to change that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, going forward, I'll just keep the duct tape on the bars and if they fall out more. <laughs>
0: Have electrical tape in maybe, your
1: Maybe Maybe clean it up. I, I usually do carry like the thing, so that's that's yeah. cool too. Yeah, I'll just, at some point I may pull off what he put on there and now it went the daylight because it was dark. He was yeah. just kind of taping it up. Maybe clean it up, make it look a little better. Yeah. If you do that, they'll. I no one will ever see it or say anything in the but future about it one way. Those are things that I consider things outside of your control. <laughs> Right. To some extent.
0: Well, you know, things that happen during uh, check-in or, you know.
1: Right. If the, you Because know, if you get there late, the line may be really long to check in. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't go the day before for packet pickup. Right. you got to make sure you're getting there early. Maybe you didn't get there early and the lines got real long for packet pickup. Could I have gone the day before and gotten packet? Well, we had things going on. That My son had a birthday, Louisville until 3, and packet pickup closed at 4. Yeah. Yeah, it there was no way for me to get pack and pick pickup that day.
0: I always think back to the first time when we did that race up in Williamstown, that, the race that you don't ever speak of, but just the the logistics of that race with the two transition areas. and everything, I mean, there was no way for us to know how long it was going to take to do all that. It was crazy.
1: Yeah, we barely made it to the start of the race. I remember getting off the bus and getting down there, and I was immediately in the water. Yeah. I, yeah, because the guys went first, right? That one? Yeah, I think so. So y'all had another ten minutes, but yeah. we had to just roll yeah, in there. Yeah, I mean, and go. And we were
0: sitting there waiting for the bus, and like, okay, is there time to go to a portage? On no, you know, it, it, and there was no way for us to predict. Yeah, any we of barely
1: that. we caught the last bus. I think that would if we'd made the next bus, I don't think we would have <laughs> made the start of that yeah. race, or at least I wouldn't have. You might have, a, I might being have. being a little bit behind. Well, in the next year
0: when I went, I knew all that, and so I was able to plan for it much much better.
1: Yeah, just, you can plan for it in advance. And you can look for it. So these are the things, you know, before a race, did I was I able to set up, was I able to do the things I want to do mm-hmm. pre-race, go to the bathroom, have some time to just chill out and relax, those things. Mm-hmm. If not, why? What can I do in the future to revolve it? Or was it something that was just outside of my control? Mm-hmm. Like they have trouble with who knows what. Maybe they're checking everything on coming into the transition area. They're slow. It's backed up 50 bikes takes you forever to get in right you maybe forgot something at the car that was just... the
0: official was running late and you know <laughs> not checking everybody i mean or you, know.
1: you forgot something at the car your car was a mile away you had to go back and get it and bring it back Th- those things can happen in a race the question is is that something i can the question i ask is is it something i can control
0: mm-hmm.
1: like if i forgot something at the car yeah that probably was something i control yeah my checklist was incomplete for the race Okay, now I need to take those things and add them to my checklist. Now when I go to the race next time, my checklist is better. Mm -hmm. Generally, what I do with a race, when I look at a race, is like, okay, what are the things that can affect me negatively that I encounter? Some things you can think about and some things you can't. The things that you can't, well, the things that you can, you put into a checklist form of like, okay, I need to do this, this, and this. Make sure I have these things. Make sure I get here by then. This is all part of my pre-race Routine and checklist. Well, then I need to add maybe those things. Make sure I have my helmet. <laughs> well, That's I mean, the helmet a lot of times is separate from everything else. You'll have a bag with everything in it, but your helmet might be off to the side for whatever reason. You don't pull it out of your car. It gets mm-hmm. left there. All of a sudden, you're back in transition. That seems my to be the one
0: thing that people forget, isn't it?
1: Yeah, well, I understand how it happens because most of the time your helmet doesn't fit in your bag.
0: Yeah, I guess I'm lucky. Mine does. So, I mean, I guess... I don't look at things differently than you do, but I want to make sure I have all of the absolute vital stuff first. Like what is the bare minimum that I need in order to get this done? And then I might start thinking of all the extra stuff, I guess. Well,
1: I have a checklist with everything on it. I make sure that whole checklist is done before I leave the house on the trip Mm -hmm. with everything in it. Generally, everything I need goes into my race bag. The only thing that isn't is the helmet and because it's a long stem helmet and I've got my, I've got a mat that I have that Mm -hmm. doesn't fit in there long to fit in my, my race bag. But everything else I make sure is in it, everything I need. Does your wetsuit fit in your bag? Yes. Okay. Everything fits in that bag. So it's not a problem for me to have that checklist, but then I'll also have a checklist of like, what are the things I need to do that day? I may not bring it with me but that's part of your maybe visualization for a race. Mm-hmm. What am I gonna be doing pre-race? What is that gonna look like? If you've been to a race before, you should be able to visualize everything.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Things generally don't change that much in a race. Check-ins, where the transition is, where the start of the race is, where it finishes, where the transitions flow. That stuff stays the same. Maybe your position in it changes, Right. but everything else stays the same. So if you're in a second race, second time you've done a race, you should be able to pre-visualize your whole routine. Mm-hmm. If you've never been in a race before, you kind of have to make it up and be more generic with it. Generally, I will go over the things I need to set up. I, if, if I've never been to a site before, I'm going to picture my space next to the bike. Do I have everything in place for the race, the bike computer, stuff like that? I can right. visualize that. I may not be able to visualize my surroundings, but I can at least visualize what I'm doing at this mm-hmm. point in time to put myself in mode. To be ready. Okay, we get, this, we get to the start of the race, my race. I forgot to start my watch. <laughs> Oops. That is a combination of things. One, I haven't raced in a while. Two, I have a tendency to maybe chat with the people around me. Is my way to, I guess, relax before a race. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know why, but a lot of times I'll just talk to the I person next to me. I, I really should be a lot more focused than that. It happens, I find myself chatting with somebody, next thing you know you're ready to go off the dock, and all those things you've thought about doing before the race aren't done. Right. That's a failure of preparation on my part. That is something I can control. That's something I gotta add to my checklist when I get into a race, that I'm ready, I got my all my technology ready to go. I did get the bike computer started on the bike. That's for. Before good. I left transition. So that part made it into that part of the routine I <laughs> you did. You got
0: that done. data in. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you go through the swim. My swim was really good. The only negative thing that, negative is not the right word, the only thing that was a problem with the swim, and it didn't affect my time, it was more of a, a pain issue. <laughs> <laughs> Your wetsuits, it's been probably two, three years since I've worn a wetsuit. Right. I, mean, I It had been probably a year before the last race. <laughs> Even since the last time I raced before I've worn a wetsuit, I, yeah. I just don't wear them that often. I avoid races with wetsuits right? because I don't like to race in the cold. <laughs> <laughs> I, usually, I, the only time I end up with ra- wetsuits are kind of those borderlines, like that May-June race that's early and it never quite warmed up, so the water's cold but everything else is warm. Right. Or you're at that September where the day is warm but it had been cool at night and the water right. gets a little colder. Yeah. Those, are the, those are the only times I end up with a wetsuit. It's been a while since I've worn a wetsuit. I probably should have been better prepared for it. I, it took me a while to get it zipped up. I, I probably should have said, had someone help me. I filled with it long enough to get it up. My mistake was I didn't get the, the flap that covers the Velcro completely encased. Right. Big chunk of that Velcro was rubbing on my neck every time I sighted. Not just like a little edge. I'm talking about like the whole mat <laughs> My, my flat may even come off. Oh, wow. It was bad. I mean, I, I a,
0: got rubbed on mine, but not as I had a, bad as you. I had you.
1: a postage stamp size scab on the of a, back of my neck.
0: Mine was long and thin, so I'm not sure why. You it, probably why. had an edge. And I I mean, and I, I knew it when I was swimming, and I was like, oh, man, I'm going to pay for that later. And I had even bought blister band-aids to put on my neck because I know that happens in that wetsuit, but I didn't, didn't put it do on it. checklist. I didn't do it.
1: This is where... Those are things you're like, okay, so now my next race, I'm going to add to my mental checklist or my script, because I should have a script written out, mm-hmm. ideally for racing. I'm going to add in that if it's a wetsuit, that I'm going to, because I knew this race had a chance to be wetsuit legal going into it. I, was, I wouldn't take taken my wetsuit. Yeah. Um, I need to add in that, hey, have someone check over to make sure your wetsuit, have someone who's standing around you check on your wetsuit. I was yeah. a little hesitant to do that because I was afraid someone's going to freak out and be like, "I can't touch you because of COVID or something." like that, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I kind of fiddled with myself instead of asking someone else. Yeah, to to help me in that situation. That was I've got a mistake.
0: something a, a suggestion for when I talked before I because I'll talk to anybody, and we like I mean we had 139 women in my wave up in uh, Milwaukee, and it was like, okay, everybody got their watch. I mean, we actually like all talk through our checklist. Oh. I mean there's one lady that came super late and I was helping her get into her wetsuit, so I was checking her the flap on her I should have had her check mine. Yeah. On the wetsuit. <laughs> that was a mistake. So Well that's
1: where the whole thing comes in. Yeah, just sorta of, Yeah so women
0: are like that a little better than you guys, I think.
1: Yeah. You know, so I'm looking at the race, you know, was there something that happened in the swim? if the water did I how did I do siding? You know, that I, I did good with siding. Yeah, you know, maybe I had some issues with siding. Maybe my goggles fogged up things can happen in a swim. Maybe I got kicked. Mm-hmm. Maybe someone grabbed me and it threw me off and I got mad or something like that. None of that stuff happened to me this time. I had a That's good. I had a decent I had a good swim where I was able to keep my cadence through. I was very happy there. Nothing in that swim was negatively affected my time. Mm-hmm. I think I had to sight once or twice. That would be the only thing where I stopped and did a breaststroke for feel for where I was.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mainly cuz the way back in, it's not out and back straight. They kind of angle away. Okay. The exit's about 75, 80 yards to the side of where you go in.
0: Oh, okay. So the sighting's a little different on the way back. On the way yeah.
1: back, yeah. You're not really trying to hit those buoys back to the start. You're wanting to angle off somewhere okay. in the process. Yeah. And I had to stop a couple times to make sure I was going kind of where I wanted to go. Right. That would be the only thing that was probably negatively affecting my time in that swim and that's just stuff that happens in a race i i don't consider that anything i could have prepared for or done any differently that's just the way races are swim was good come out you go to the transition area Uh, again did i go through the transition properly did i hit everything did i miss something no everything was good sunglasses went on the helmet went on grabbed the bike and left if i'm looking at a what affected my time negatively i I sat there for a second or two before I picked the bike up and just kind of regrouped after the swim. I, In an ideal world, you don't do that. You, you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you suck it up and you go. But for whatever reason, it's been a while since I've raced, I was just kind of regrouping for like one or two seconds. It's a second or two loss, not a big deal in the grand scheme. Right. For the most part, though, it was a solid transition. I, I'm, You're happy with that. It went as expected by script. We're good. Get out on the bike. The bike computer doesn't sync with my power meter. That was the big thing we talked about nice. last week from a race. Was that something I could have foreseen? Was that something within my control? Not really. No one sits there and turns their bike computer on and hits go, walks away for an hour or two, and then comes back and, and pedals their bike again. Cool. I had no way of really knowing that that was going to happen. I mean, in, in theory, yeah, I could have. Again, now it goes on my script, I, I probably won't start my bike computer like I may not even turn it on until I get on the bike next you, time. Yeah, just to and just get it started as you. Well, go hopefully down the line. your
0: mental notes will say that you have turned on your watch, so you'll have that data. So you, you have that open. data.
1: That negatively affected me on the bike because I went out too hard. Would that? Would I have known if I had my power meter? Maybe. Maybe mm-hmm. not. I have no way of knowing yeah. if that was what caused me to go too hard on the bike. Don't know, just don't know. I don't have the data for because normally, when I come in and you come back from a race, it's like when I look at my data from it, I'm going to be looking at my power data and say, Did I hold my power at whatever net number was throughout, or did I have like a 15% fall off at the end where telling me I went out too fast? Mm-hmm. So, I generally you're going to evaluate the data for a bike, like your heart rate. Did you stay within a heart rate zone? Did you get too high on it? Mm -hmm. Heart rate's a little bit harder on the bike than power data. But with power data, I was like, okay, I can actually evaluate the physical data to see how I did and figure out what happened. Did I go out too hard? Was I just not on that day? Was my fitness low coming into the race? Those are things you can kind of look at and then kind of reverse engineer. What can I have done better to hit it? You know, maybe you hit the numbers, you, you you keep it consistent throughout. It may be a little lower than you wanted, but you hit it throughout. That's right. a good bike. I can evaluate, and then I can go, okay, why did I do this? What did I do wrong? If you go out too hard, like, which is what happened to me, why did you go out too Is that something you can control? Were you just chasing people? Were mm-hmm. you just weren't mentally focused? Or did your, like in my case, I guess my perceived exertion didn't match what I thought it should. Mm-hmm. Because my bike computer failed. Right. Technologies can fail. Technology can fail everything. That's why you should never rely on yeah. technology. Don't to rely race. On it anyway. Because <laughs> it can always fail. Yeah. Was that something that was within my control? Yes. I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. I have to make sure next time I race, next time I get into training blocks for races, I have a much better idea of what my perceived exertion is compared to your power.
0: Power. Mm-hmm. Now me, I just I need to now. check the brakes on my bike. <laughs> yeah well or, or stop when something's wrong when i can tell something's wrong just take the time to stop, fix and, it. stop and fix and fix it because i would have had a much much better run and rest of my bike had i just stopped and fixed that
1: just stopped and fixed it yeah again but that's like something that wasn't really outside in inside of your control now your ability to stop and fix well, it stop was, and fix it was but the reality of like something happening like yeah a flat no there tire, was, that was
0: out of my control those yeah, are things completely. that
1: are outside of your control you know, really, when I evaluate something like that, my evaluation comes down to how did I handle that event? Mm-hmm. Did I get mad? You know, At the end of the day, my bike was too hard. I knew it was too hard, I went easier on the second lap. I got into the run, I, I didn't have good pop. Did I get mad at myself? No, I continued to run and execute my right. run. That to me is a successful race. Maybe things didn't go properly in the bike, but I was able to not compound the issues by getting mad. This was not a closed course. That means there were a lot of cars on the road. In the second lap, I got behind some cars, everything slowed up. Right. Previous years, I would get mad at the cars. Just like, come on, god, let's move, get out of the way. We're, we're, we're it's racing a race. here. <laughs> this time what I just I was like, okay, well, we'll just chill out. We'll draft behind the cars. We'll get up close to them, we'll draft behind them, we'll take it easy and use it as a brake.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's a properly executed thing because it was something I couldn't control. And I didn't get mad at it. Mm-hmm. That's how I begin to evaluate races. What is under my control and did I handle it as best I could mm-hmm. given the situation? Yeah, I put myself in good positions for cornering because I know that cornering, I don't have a pure TT. I'm running a road aero bike. It's not as aerodynamic as a TT bike, so it's not as fast. But if I'm picking up 10, 5, 6 seconds in each corner, I more than make up for any... Yeah any disadvantages lines. i have from aerodynamics on yeah. on bikes i put myself in position to execute every corner at high speeds i wiped out any potential negatives i would have had from aerodynamics yeah. mm-hmm. again that was well executed we come in t2 was good it didn't take me too long to get my shoes on go out in the run i hit my pace i maintain that pace i don't try to force myself into a faster pace because mm-hmm. i'm like wow i'm running slow you try to push yourself harder that would have been a huge mistake right i would have paid for that on the back end of the race (laughs) trying to get up to speed where i think i can run because i would just blown up and it would have been all over that was a good decision making so when i'm evaluating this i'm like okay the run wasn't what i wanted why well the bike probably it may or may not have gotten it maybe i just had a bad day the bike i know i was probably a little too hard in that first lap Mm -hmm. it probably affected my run negatively Okay. So now I have to think back like, okay, the, this bike is an important part of your race. You have yeah. to figure out how you're going to put all three of these together. Yep. That just makes that bike decisions and training that much more important because it did affect my, my run negatively. Oh, I know
0: my bike affected my run negatively. <laughs> when my quad started, I mean, yeah. it was like, okay, there's, yeah, going, going into the run after that. I went into the run knowing I was more tired than I normally would have been, so... I took it easy. Yeah. It's just, okay, I'm just gonna run. Didn't wanna blow up, you know, just ran as best as I could and not get upset about it. It's like, okay, here, this is where I am, this is what I've got, go forward. Yeah. Next time, check the brakes.
1: You know, I go into the run, I hold my pace. We talked about this I, throughout, for the most part. Yeah. I stayed within my pace, yeah. whatever I was doing. I finished at my limit. The last half kilometer I pushed up to the limit. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that was a well-executed race. Yeah. It was slow for me, relatively. 48 and at 10K is not very fast for me. Yeah. Either, I'm 45. Yeah, I
0: knew that was slow when I saw the was.
1: was it was a well-executed run. Now, what were some other things that happened in the run? Well, I had a huge blister. Again, we talked about this on it. Yeah. You know, that was, what was that something I could control in the race? No, that was something, again, that was before the race. I needed to make sure my shoe was... Better fit. I actually did run a couple times barefoot, but I didn't really realize. You don't run enough. That's the real challenge. I needed to pay better attention when I did run a couple times barefoot before the race to make sure my foot wasn't moving in the shoe. What happened was. Oh, with the, no socks. When you say yeah, barefoot? With no I was socks. Like, okay. Barefoot. Okay. Well, yeah, without socks. You, my foot, I, I just didn't tighten the bottom part of the f- shoe mm-hmm. and my foot moved around too much. That's what caused the blister on the bottom. It that's just something that I need to be aware of. Next time I can add that to my prep for racing, put that on my list of things I prep, is make sure the shoe fits snugly and is ready to go before you go into race day. Because usually the way I use, will do it is I'll make sure it fits, or ideally you make sure it fits. Right. Then you loosen the top because it's a, a draw. It's
0: the, the draw. the elastic thing. Yeah, an yeah.
1: elastic draw thing. I usually loosen the top so I can get that shoe open and get my foot right. in and then you just tighten the the top part and go. Problem was the bottom had loosened up and mm-hmm. it had been a year or so since I raced. That's probably why it loosened up. It's just sitting there. Yeah. Shoes just sitting there.
0: <laughs> I made the same mistake with mine because I hadn't worn those shoes since the last time I raced and I didn't practice in them and that was a big mistake and I got blisters all over the tops of my toes. Yeah, I knew cool. it though. It was sort of well, oh well, I'll just deal with this later. Well, I've
1: all, my, my race shoes I've I wear like I've worn like seven times. Yeah, they're the same. They're the lighter version of the Newtons right. that I have been training in.
0: Well, mine too. I mean, that, that's the only time I wear them is when I do triathlon. It's like, oh, I guess I should probably wear those others. I, I did practice
1: in them a little before the race. Yeah. I, I was you a did little more prepared. Than just it didn't quite work out. Yeah, that's how I go about evaluating your race. It's not just a. You can't just go. All oh, the times were bad. This race sucked. I was blah blah blah. Well, my training was bad or i just i did whatever there's a lot of things that go into race that you got to evaluate you got to think of a race as a process how can i improve the process of getting to race day how can i improve the process on race day because most things that happen to you on race day a lot of times they're outside of your control mm-hmm. like my bike computer not syncing. The guy not let me in the transition those are things i can't control on race day right. all i can do is how do i deal with those issues as i go along because that's what triathlon racing is about for an amateur athlete. We're not getting paid to race. What we're trying to figure out is how do we race in a way where we have given our best effort. Mm-hmm. And you've got to think of it in the process terms. you got to think about it like, okay, it wasn't negative that someone cut me off on the bike or there were cars. It's something that happens in the race. Right. How do I deal with that? What's the process of dealing with it? Not worrying about, oh my gosh, that cost me 10 seconds on the bike or 15 seconds or 30 seconds. Because mm-hmm. the time isn't... There's so many things on race that you gone, can't control anyway. on the time.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's gone. So right. like, what are you going to do next?
1: The question is, is, did I execute the process? And when I look at a race, it's like, okay, what are the things that negatively affected my time? Were those things that you can control, the things you can work on? And a lot of times the question is, yes. I just need to make sure the next time... I come in, I'm, I'm better prepared for those things that I didn't prepare for. Mm-hmm. The things I can't control are the things you can't control. You, you, just, you let those go. There's, there's nothing you can do about those. Yeah. But there are things that I can control for next time, and I need to either add them to my scripts or modify my training to be mm-hmm. able to incorporate those things so they don't occur again. Because that's really what we're trying to do in racing is the things you can control keep them from happening over and over again.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't make the same mistake twice.
1: Yeah, you know, the same mistake happens, but you don't want it to happen race back to back or three or four races in a row. If it yeah. happens five years later, yeah, okay. you, forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you, you forgot about it.
0: Or two you, years later, in our case,
1: <laughs> a lot of times, yeah, you're five or six years later down the road. You make the same mistake. A lot of times, that's because you're you went away from your script or you took things for granted. Yeah, that just tells me I need to go back and, and reevaluate, make sure I, I I'm doing everything and not just skipping yeah. over because I've, well I've raced 55 times. Why do I need to practice transitions? I've done it for yeah a gazillion this is no times. Big deal. Yeah, that's when you make mistakes mm-hmm. again a second time. Mm-hmm. So I get the second. But you just can't have it happen race after race because yeah. you didn't prepare for it. at Because once it happens, it shouldn't happen again, at least for a year or two. Those same mistakes.
0: Yeah. Yep. Interesting. Lots to think about. All right. Well, if you're looking for a coach, check us out at Go3Sport.com and uh, we'll talk to you next week.